0: Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they're extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with a teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello, everyone, thanks for the support, and welcome back to another bonus episode in the series, where we'll be continuing our look at the Ionian Revolt. With our look at the Ionian Revolt, we started back where we first saw the Eastern Greeks and the Persians encountering one another. This had taken place with the conflict that developed between the expanding Persian Empire and the Lydian Kingdom, of whom the Ionian Greeks were a part of. Cyrus the Great, the founder of the Persian Empire, would defeat Croesus, the king of Lydia. Which would see the lands the kingdom had once controlled become part of the Persian Empire, once the initial revolts were put down. We then moved on to the causes of the Ionian Revolt, this seeing us look at the bigger picture in Ionia and the interactions with the Persians, as well as looking at the focus Herodotus places on individual figures in how events unfolded. Then we turned to doing a more detailed account on the Persian response to the revolt and its spread. This seeing the Persians being able to stop its spread, contain it, and at a point where it was reduced to where only the region of Ionia was still in open rebellion. For this episode, we'll begin picking back up where we left things off last episode. Persia had resubjugated most of the cities along the Hellespont, had taken back Cyprus, and had for the most part some control back in Caria, with a grueling campaign probably continuing there. This will now see us look at the Ionians' preparation to try and resist the Persian reconquest of their lands which will result in the naval battle of Larde, just off the coast of Miletus. While this would be the decisive battle in seeing the Ionians' cause lost, we will then see the Persians' final mopping up campaign on land, where the city of Miletus, where the revolt began, would be reduced. So let's turn to the final stage of the Ionian revolt and how it would unfold. The various regions around Ionia had been reduced and the rebellions in these areas mostly extinguished. Even Carrier in our sources had died down, where the Persians had a tough time of pacifying the population due to the hit and run tactics that were used. We had seen that the Ionians had assisted Carrier after their first defeat. However, the Ionians had suffered badly, and this would see the campaign devolve into more of a guerrilla campaign. However, with this, it appears more focus would now be placed on Ionia, and by 494 BC, the Persians would be in a position. Without that amassed a large land army devoted to its resubjugation. In addition to this land army would be a large fleet that would look to eliminate the Ionians' dominance off the coastal areas of Anatolia. Though even with these large forces being assembled against them, the Ionians would look to resist the Persian resubjugation. With the knowledge of the amassing of the Persian forces, the Ionians would arrange a meeting where they would discuss how they would respond to the threat. They would decide that their best chances in resisting the Persians would be at sea. As we have seen so far, the land engagements that the Onians had been involved in had not gone in their favour. The attack on Sardis at the start of the revolt failed. Then their subsequent withdrawal saw them face a battle outside Ephesus, where they would be defeated. While we would see that they would suffer badly when they marched off to assist the Carians, the only time that we hear of the Onians having any success militarily would be in their naval engagements with the Phoenicians off the coast of Cyprus. Perhaps it was this fact. That it was decided to attempt to eliminate Persian influence off the coast. The other reasoning behind this probably had to do with wanting to keep lines of communication open with the islands of the Aegean and the Greek mainland, where potential support could come from. This choice would see that the city of Miletus would become a secondary focus, and it would be the people of Miletus that would have to arrange their own defence since all military resources would be employed at sea. The Ionian force would assemble at the island of Lade. Just at the coast of Miletus. They would have amassed some 353 triremes. The fleet amassed would be made up of more than just those from Miletus. It would include other cities within Ionia as well as those from the islands of Chios, Lesbos, and Samos. Supposedly, once the Persian fleet arrived in the area, they would become concerned with the size of the Greek fleet. For this reason, we are told that they would attempt to negotiate the surrender of the Greeks so as not having to face them and risk defeat. However, we have seen that many times this was the usual tactic of the Persians. If they could win without resorting to battle, they would take the opportunity. Though continuing Herodotus' account, he would tell us that the Persians would send the old Ionian tyrants from the various cities to attempt to reason with their kinsmen. They would all be given the same message to deliver. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon we can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Castings Through Ancient Greece website and click on the support the series button. Where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.